Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Give God praise, Father, as we prepare for the speaker of the hour. Come on, let's set the atmosphere. No, it's atmosphere. It's always there. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, let's get to God and say hallelujah. Let's give God a high praise. Let's give God a high praise.
these last four weeks, because guess what? It's been four weeks since we've seen each other. What?
the fact of our partners because we are seen as a powerhouse, right? And much similar as he described to me, we as Christians are seen as a power authority within this space. And so when people bring to us news and challenges or their up upheaval because of the wars, whether it be in Ukraine, whether it be in Israel, we have to share with them that the scripture says that this is not new. The scripture says in Matthew 24 and 6 that we shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, yet we should not be troubled. For all these things are here and they must come to pass, but the end is not yet. When I started thinking of this, what was drawn out to me in that particular statement is conflict challenges consistently. Conflict challenges consistently. So when we went up a little further and talked about the region, how is conflict challenging our consistency? Well, you may have, and I have, people who are looking for work, yet the national statistics for the Department of Labor says that we are at an all-time level. We are at 3.9% in unemployment. The juxtaposed position to that is it appears that there's much more people that have jobs. There's many more people here on earth that claim, that do not claim unemployment benefits because that's how it's calculated. However, we know that there are people that are struggling that have to have either two or three or four different jobs in order to earn a livable wage. So that's a juxtaposed position. There's conflict in that. We are on one hand saying that it is good. We are at low. There's not many people claiming benefits. But then on the other hand, there's people struggling trying to either buy their food, pay their national grid, pay their utility bills. Uh, there are even people who are determining and have to determine whether or not to buy their insulin and or to pay their rent. We are at a place of conflict. And conflict challenges consistency. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was solid in my spirit while I was reading this both uh, nationally and regionally. But then the word in Deuteronomy 8 and 18 jumped up. And it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he who giveth power to get wealth, yes. that he may establish his covenant, yes. which he sware to thy fathers yes. as it is to this day. And so when I began to think about those who may be struggling with their finances or struggling with finding a job or even struggling of what do I do to feed my family, then I just was encouraged by, you know what? He gives us the power to get wealth. Not the power to get money. He uh, reminded me of a statement that he shared with me years ago to use what you have to get what you want. And that means, as Elder Yulon included early, you don't have to have an excessive amount of anything. You just have to have a few good men. You don't have to have a whole lot of supply. You just have to have a drop of oil that you're willing to give. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have a whole bunch of food in your cabinet. You just have to have a bowl of soup. That's and be willing to 
children to provide that role of suit to the prophet. And yeah. trust and faith that it will be multiplied. Amen. You don't have to have a whole bunch of anything. You just have to trust that what you have and you lift it up to the Lord that those two fish and five garden loaves will be able to feed over 5,000. Amen. Over 5,000 men, and that doesn't even include the women and the children. Amen. We have to have faith in order to understand the value that conflict challenges consistency. Amen. And so then it, it drew out to me how about our individual lives? Because you know, you got to take a personal look, a personal perspective when you're looking at yourself. And um, if you're like me, Carly, balancing the state of affairs. See, I'm naturally a Libra, and so I balance a lot all the time to justice, you know. And so if you're like me, balancing the state of affairs, it requires for you to have an agile strategy. So let me tell you what agile means. That means you're able to pivot at a drop's notice in order to get your agenda fulfilled. You're able to look at all of the options available to you and synthesize it in a very quick moment in order to determine when is the best path. Now, there's some theologians that say, you know, you have to have a lot of time, you have to think about it. Leaders take a short amount of time uh, to make a decision or a long time to make a short decision. Well, what I've learned during this process of conflict challenging consistency is that you have to always be filtering a plethora of information. And so that when you're filtering it in the lens of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, then at the time that the opportunity presents itself, you're ready. What do you mean by that, Carly? You can't get ready for the opportunity. You have to be ready, and the opportunity presents itself, and then you all have all of the skills and everything. Amen? I'm going to move one of these things over, because I know I have some melody in my voice, but it continues to, uh, to share that melody in my voice in a different way. So thank you for that. Um, and so you have to balance the state of affairs in an agile sense. That means that you are, or as he described to me, that you have a, a fluidness about you, like water. Water can go anywhere. If you have a leak, it is not just in that one place because water travels anywhere. When you are agile, that means that you have the ability to shift at a moment's notice to accomplish what you need to. And then, having a strategy that predicts the opposition. What I've learned is most times we think about the things that are good. And when we think about and plan for the things that are good, and we fail to plan for the opposing view, then we can get off track. For example, if you plan to build a house, you first have to consider the cost. And it's not just the cost of purchasing that house, is the cost of maintaining or sustaining that particular house. It's the cost of the water, the electricity, it's the cost of the property taxes, it's the cost of maintenance. Oh my, all of the costs that are wrapped up in rent are considered within the cost when you own something. 
Amen. I want someone to build, except they first consider the cost. Yeah. Is that going to be conducive to my family? Do we have enough resources that is letting us be able to sustain this? Do we have enough to give to Uncle Sam every time we make an adjustment on the home? All of those pieces are a strategy to look at the opposing view. And then when the Lord brought up to me about an opposing view, he reminded me of that enemy. And the word that says he will make the enemy our footstool. Amen? And so many people are like, yeah, he's going to make the enemy my footstool. But when you look at that passage a little bit further, that means that we have to be or have the ability to look at the opposite side. Look at those people who are explaining something different from what you think at that moment. Consider their ways, as we said, for the end. Amen? When we look at what they're saying, we're seeking the opposite view and we're able to predict and or to have a strategy so that we can achieve our goal. Amen? Amen. And so leveraging those resources of the opposing view. When Satan is coming at you in your finances, you might leverage that to say, all right, that means I am a millionaire and I have to tighten up in this space. I have to make sure that I have more than enough in the rear so that he can't throw me off my game by sending a, a water heater challenge. He can't throw me off my grade when the job has a red ticket that says you're no longer available because I have looked at that opposing view and have a, a little bit of security laid off to the side. Amen? Amen? And again, using the analogy of that little boy, the little boy was, he was prepared with the two fish and the five-party loaf. So that's one of the key components to this is preparation. Preparation in our individual lives. And we have to have a strategy that requires faith. So a strategy that is agile, a strategy that is flexible so that we can pivot, and a strategy that predicts the opposite view and a strategy that requires faith. Because a conflict challenges our consistency. Amen? And as we know that according to, uh, according to Hebrews 11 1, faith is the substance, is the hoopla basis, is the foundation, the thing that we stand on. So what are you standing on in your particular circumstance? In the space that matters to you, what are you standing on? And it's easy, Carly, it's easy for me to stand on things that I know to be true. Like I know God is a provider, so I don't worry about that stuff. I know God is a healer, I don't worry about that stuff. I know God can strengthen, I don't worry about that stuff. But where it gets to me is control. <laughs> when I have to think about somebody else's life, because I want their life to line up, but they don't have the same obedience that I might have in a particular area. That causes stress to me, because I want all of those who I love to be in good health. I want to exercise the scripture that says, love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen? So if my neighbor, if my child, if my family member is in distress, then I'm in distress. Amen? So I bring
And so what Luke 12, verses 42 and 48 provided for me, and I'm not going to read it all, I'm just going to exegete two different verses. I do encourage you to read Luke 12, 42 to 48, because it gives you some very specific, matter of fact, read the whole chapter of Luke, because it brings some very specific keys. When you're looking at Luke, you're just like, what? He is being real practical in all of what um, is being told. But it provides sound instructions and examples for us to use uh, so that we can balance faith and works. And in order to balance all of these issues and the challenges nationally, uh, regionally, and individually, then it is encouraged, I'm encouraging you, that in order to balance each of those situations, that you have to stay alert and you have to be ready. Because scripture says that the enemy is crawling, roaring around like a lion, seeking to whom he may devour. And when he's seeking who he may devour, and James here, I know I this one, when we were out of the country, we stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> we did. One, we had big old Syracuse on our shirts. We're looking around. I had an umbrella when it was raining, right? We stuck out like a sore thumb. And there were a whole lot of people experiencing challenges and homelessness in, in an area that was absolutely beautiful. And so he's 6'2", and, you know, I'm just the right size. And we're sticking out like a sore thumb by our accent and by how we are, are dressed. And so when I started thinking about that, I thought about the enemy. The enemy is looking around, seeing which one of us is sticking out like a sore thumb. Which one of us is speaking that we have faith, but our actions are walking around like we don't have it. Amen. Which one of us are saying that we trust in the Lord with all our heart before we're holding what is his? Amen? Which one of us is doubting that he actually can do that thing? He can heal, even though we haven't seen the manifestation of it. Amen? The enemy is looking around saying, your area might be different from hers. So I got to keep you two separate so that you can strengthen your sister or your brother by the word of your testimony. So the enemy sends his most valued tactic, which is division. <laughs> he sends his most valued tactic, which is putting a wedge in between the saints. Amen? And he does that because if you can't hear the word of God, if you're not there to receive the word of God, or if you're not studying the word of God, then you will believe his lies. And Satan is a liar and the truth is not in him. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. We're talking about conflict, challenges, consistency. And so when I started looking at Luke, uh, in verse 42, it says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise student or servant whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. 43. Blessed is that servant whom the Lord, whom his Lord, when he cometh, find doing. Amen. 
So, challenge and invitation to take part in a contest and or a duel is something to dispute the truth or validity of something. And so when, when conflict challenges your consistency, when conflict is challenging how you are viewing your circumstance or how you are viewing what God has for you, then you have to say, am I going to look at this invitation in a negative way? Or am I going to look at it in a positive way? If somebody's inviting you to challenge your mind and your thoughts, our first inclination is to say, this is not for the Lord. But I'm here to share with you, it may just be that God is saying, have you considered another position? Have you considered something else? Have you considered to try an easier way? Oh, I have a, a, a person who said in my life, you need to work harder or work smarter. And in these days in my life, I'm working smarter. Like, I don't have to be the one listing everything and doing it all by myself. I pay people who do, who, who, who want to do that thing, right? <laughs> working smarter, not harder. Uh, I have somebody who I pay to make sure that I eat properly. Amen? Uh, have somebody who I pay to make sure that the finances and resources bring on return. I'm going to put a little pause here. Because Elder Yulon said earlier, he said, my McDonald's don't bring a return. And I showed like this to him. I said, it is bringing me a return. So all of you who like McDonald's, I have stopped McDonald's. So keep on eating McDonald's if you want to just get the healthy part of it, okay? But don't stop going to McDonald's because then my resources would dry up in that space. <laughs> Thank you. 
limitations to this table. I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, in the um, I want you to see the words of Nina Simone. Does anyone in here know Nina Simone? You know her? You love her? Of her. She knows of her and loves her. Nina Simone, oh. <laughs> in the words of Nina Simone, that freedom is having no fear. And whereas I really enjoy her, she's a jazz artist, um, and she, she, she made headways and broke a lot of records. Um, she told us that freedom means no fear. She said that you can describe an experience. You can tell somebody about an experience, but they never really will truly grasp that experience. But what she was describing to us is the spirit or the experience of love. And what she said is when you love someone, you can tell them you're 6'10", 6, 10, 6, 6, 10, <laughs> 6 2. I was like, I can imagine 6'10", they'd be towering over. Uh, tall, dark, handsome. All right, how about 36, 34, a winning hand? That don't work for me either. All right, how about in the chocolate cake with chocolate ice cream? Woo!
in New England the day before. But I was wanting to have that experience of seeing the whales and seeing the ocean and just having that, that, that experience to describe that this is what I did on my double birthday. I had to 
walls of Jericho come down. For me, stepping over that line and looking down, 53 flights. All I do is close my eyes. And the guy says, and you're going to hear these words. When I push you, you just let go. Let go. There's things that God has for you. Hallelujah. That he's pushing you. But you can't get to that place until you let go.
there is an exhilaration and an exhilarating spirit of jumping and leaping all in. There is an exhilaration and obedience and saying, I conquer the fear and I let everything go and I trust that you will meet me on the other side.
want to just put money in and just save to it, and I bust it into it, and they reuse it. But it, for years, I would save money in a water jug. It didn't have to take that long. As we, as we identify right. our dreams and our desires and line them up with the word of God, right. he says that he desires to give you, uh, according to his riches and glory, and since he owns a cow on a thousand hills, yeah. all of it is his. Right. So if you can dream it, and it is goodly and of the Lord, and according to his purpose, then his is yes. All it takes for us is preparation and planning. Amen. This year, when my husband said yes, maybe that was the delay for him to say yes. I don't know. Today was this year was the first year I asked him. When he said yes, I went into motion. Got the date, got the time, did the resources, and planned united to get over here. Yes. Amen. <laughs> so I'm giving you the tools and the tips through this experience to say that it does not happen by you laying down a wonder, waking up a wonder. It took a lot of planning in order to happen. And so you can realize your dream. You can achieve the unachievable. You can go into areas that you have never experienced before. Whether it be with someone or by yourself. There's plenty of country, um, out of the country experiences I've had to do by myself. But this one, was 24 hours ahead. And this one, I had to go and it solidified that he till death do he part. Amen? <laughs> so it solidified our marriage even more because we went into a whole nother dimension together. Amen. 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 Amen.
let go. Simple. Some of the most amazing, incredible things are some of the simple things. And it says that a child shall lead them. So my childlike spirit is very similar to each of your childlike spirits. There's things that you want to do. Remember how you were when you were a child, when you were new in Christ, when everything was possible to you, when you weren't impacted by church hurt or ism. Remember that time when you looked for Christmas to come, and not like me, go look at your presents beforehand and have to be surprised, but you looked for Christmas to come, and when it came, there was such an exuberance to say, you thought about me, you got me exactly what I wanted and desired. Every one of us, if you're living and breathing, has a desire. And God wants to fulfill that desire so that you know that only He could have done it. And I've experienced that. And I jumped off that floor, excuse me, jumped off that building. I experienced it. God cares for me. And the next time we'll come back, maybe it'll be at a Wednesday. But I'll tell you about the J-Bass experience and why I say I'm the favorite. I am the favorite of God. I am his favorite. Say it. I, I am his favorite. <laughs> Thank you for the manifestation of your promise in my life. 
podcast, we have three different ways that you can give. One way is using the Givelify app by downloading Givelify using your iOS or Android device and search the King's Healing Room, where you will see our senior pastor, Bishop Brian K. Hill's senior photo. You also can use our text to give. Here how it works. There are five steps. Step one, text GIFT to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Hiller Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tie, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is tkhroffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room. And we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.